0: The shadows of storm and night, the mysteries of life and light, from unearthly peculiarities celestial and divine,
1: to apparitions and transcendental signs, you're listening to To The Spirit Podcast. Hi friends, and welcome to The Spirit. I'm your host, Beck. Today, my guest is a classically trained ballet and jazz dancer and taught her craft for over 25 years. She also has dual degrees in psychology and human services. With her 40 years of experience as an intuitive psychic and life coach, she can help relationship issues, family dynamics, counseling, career and life counseling. She offers seminars on learning how to develop and use your own intuition mindfulness, and the science of marriage and relationships. As a healer of the mind, she works on the undeniable connection between the body and the mind. She's even studied neuroscience and quantum physics to help better assist her clients. I have a feeling this is going to be a great conversation. Please welcome Holly K. Brooks. Hi, Holly. (laughs) Thank you for being here.
0: Hi, I'm thrilled to be here. And (laughs) I loved what you said. I was listening to you and I was like, how she read my bio. <laughs>
1: <laughs> is that really me? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Before we dive in, for those that are interested, where can people find you?
0: My website is solutions HK, my initials, dot com. And I have a number, seven one seven six one eight. 8217. I like to talk to my clients before we do a reading or a class or a counseling session because I pick up a little bit just talking to them for like five minutes and booking whatever it is they want to do. So they can go to my site and fill out a form or they can just call me up.
1: Beautiful. I'm going to actually list that in the description of this episode. And we'll probably mention it again at the end of the episode. Now you've been through many life altering events. Yeah, you've had, you've (laughs) had like a fascinating, extremely challenging backstory. And I would love it if you could tell us your story and how you got to where you are today.
0: Sometimes I wonder how I made it out with my head still attached to my shoulders. One thing One really interesting thing I like to teach people is every time you face a fear or have an incredible challenge, you have a choice. You can go in the corner, you can suck your thumb and say, why me? And what did I do to deserve this? And why is this happening again? Or you can stand up and face it and say, gee, I wonder what it is the universe is trying to tell me what are they trying to teach me the worst in the beginning was i fell down the stairs in the middle of the night and broke my neck oh boy oh wow it was intense and i went across the the little foyer there and bumped into the wall and broke my sternum And uh, forget it. I was messed up. And I popped back out and landed on my back in the dining room. I was blacked out. You know how they say you just fight or flight? I was gone. But this voice in my head said, if you can wiggle your toes, you're not paralyzed. Now, for me, the power of my mind and spirit To say that to myself after a fall like that, I don't know quite where that came from, but I wiggled my toes. They put me, you know, they boarded me and they did, and really what happened was they took me to the closest hospital and then decided to send me to another hospital because they were better with broken necks. Well, at this other hospital, which I was familiar with, I laid on a gurney in the hall for what seemed like forever until a resident said, oh, I looked at your x-rays, your neck isn't broken. And he sent me home. My God. I know. I know. I went home and they had given me pain medication, which, you know, I I don't think I'd ever take again unless I was having some serious, serious operation. Hate that stuff. Same here. I went home <laughs> and I couldn't move in like three or four days. And I called my dad and he's very good at finding, you know, the best at everything. And he found a doctor in New York City. And he said, I don't care what you have to do to get there, just get there. So I got to New York City. Uh, Yes, my neck was broken. And I had a seven hour operation to put it back together. And then I think I was only in the hospital for like a week, but I was young. I think I was like in my early thirties, mid thirties. And I was a horrible patient, horrible, (laughs) and um, nasty, and I was just a mess. It was probably drugs, but I was young and didn't care. I had to go home and wear one of those hard Philadelphia collars for a year. Oh, man. A year. And I started dancing when I was five, ballet, studied classical ballet with the Garden State Ballet Academy, which is in New Jersey, and jazz with the father of American jazz in New York City. I raised my daughter by myself, so I needed to make money, you know, to keep her in the lifestyle she was accustomed to. <laughs> and so I started in Florida, small action, which was uh, mobile. We went to preschools and middle schools, after school programs and taught ballet, jazz and gymnastics. We were super busy. I had a staff at 10. It was great. Moved up to Philly to Pennsylvania, started another one and I called it In Motion. Well, when I fell, I had a staff, I had a manager, I had lots and lots of accounts. And I thought, well, my manager is always saying, give me more responsibility. So after I was home about a month or so, I had a meeting at my house. She said, okay, great. I can, you know, run things P.S. In like two weeks, she came to my house and said, I can't handle it. I just can't handle it. So I just canceled my business. I sold all the equipment, the gym, gymnastics, everything. That was that. So I started working for psychic hotlines because I could sit and do that. Now we are going back. I'll be 67 in April we are going back to the first one which was called the psychic friends network oh i remember that (laughs) it was Dion warwick and linda georgian and i worked for them and then i worked for psychic source and i worked for crystal clear which was only clients in europe which was challenging with the accents and then um I kind of said, well, gee, I'm really good at this. Why don't I just start my own business? So that's sort of where things started. My first business was called Centerpoint, you know, being centered, staying in the moment. And then it was Intuitive Solutions and then rebranded maybe four or five months ago as IntuitiveSolutionsHK.com. So Breaking my neck was a bummer. And then I got cancer three times in 10 years. Oh, man. I know. You know, you always hear about people having cancer and you go, that happens to other people. That does not happen to me. And the first one was serious chronic lymphocytic leukemia. And They tested my blood and when I went back to find out, they said, well, you do have it. And my jaw hit the floor. And I was just, I don't know where I went. I was there, but I was like, what? Everything, you know, that Peanuts character that goes, "Yeah," that's all I heard. That's how the doctor's voice (laughs) sounded to me. I had treatment in Philly. I call it chemo light because I didn't get sick to my stomach or lose my hair. I would just feel like I had the flu for about four or five days. And uh, it's been in remission for five and a half years. But after that, they took my thyroid out and went, oh, gee, there was cancer, in it." I was like, oh my gosh, uh, shouldn't you guys have known that before you took it out? Okay. And then I got breast cancer three years ago, but they caught it on a mammo. So it was stage one. It was a lumpectomy and 20 radiations and less than a 5% chance of it ever coming back. But it all happened in like the span of 10 years. I was like, um, okay, I'm strong. I'm a survivor. And I'm not gonna do the fear thing. My knees shot from dancing and gymnastics. So I have two total knee replacements and uh, I'm kind of bionic because there's titanium in my neck and there's titanium and cadaver bone when they replaced my knees like 11 years ago. And I had surgery on my lower back and that's enough. I mean, I'm already sounding like I'm complaining. And I don't.
1: No, not at all. I mean, this is hit after hit after hit. Yeah, it is. And you know what happens?
0: You learn to just suck it up and say, you know what? I'm going to face this head on. It happened to me. And each time I could see that there were reasons that the universe wanted to challenge me and see if I could stand up on my own two feet and get through it without crumbling, without sucking my thumb and crying and going fetal. And I don't know, I have always been very strong. My dad, he taught me when I was like 11 years old. He said, listen, you better learn to depend on yourself. Because if you have a problem and you turn around and no one's there but you, you need to depend on you. So all his little pep talks made me very independent in my mind, in my spirit. So when these things started happening, I just dealt with it. I didn't shed one single tear over any of that. I'm not saying like, oh, hey, look at me. I didn't cry. I just didn't. And I don't know why. It doesn't mean it wasn't trying or bothersome or it didn't interrupt my life a zillion times. But I never did that. Oh, woe is me. Why me? You know, come on, universe. This is enough. I love this saying. Welcome to the Karma Cafe. You are served what you deserve. Wow. Yeah. And so I'm not saying I deserve to have cancer three times or break my neck or this or that, whatever, but I have gained so much insight and wisdom and understanding of What I feel is the best way to live your life, to be balanced and stable and handle it. And I'm not saying I just cruise through life because obviously I don't. I had lots of problems, but at this point, I have never been more comfortable in my own skin I've never been more confident and sure of myself and my thoughts and how I feel about anything. And it's all because of all those things I went
1: through. Do you think that that strength and that resilience that you gained from all these experiences was almost a turning point or a redirect, I should say, a redirect into becoming who you truly are?
0: yes absolutely unequivocally there's that word (laughs) um yeah and each time it gave me more wisdom and more insight if i'm talking to a client and they are saying to me well this happens over and over and over it could be uh in relationships i'm constantly picking the wrong guy or i'm constantly stepping on my own feet I can't get out of my head, I say, the universe looks at you. And so we'll use me as an example and says, okay, Holly, you need to learn this. So we're going to throw down a problem because you don't learn a whole lot from a great day at the beach or a party, you know, something like that you learn when it's difficult and hard. And you have to make decisions and there's challenges. So I would say I got cancer the first time, which was the worst. I decided to face it, do exactly what they told me to do and go through it. Then the universe goes, Hey, we threw that problem down. She handled it. She stood up She figured it out. She went through it with grace. We're going to throw down more wisdom. So what happens is when you handle things in a way that's good for yourself to keep you on an even keel, the universe lets you have more wisdom. You end up rotating on a higher level of wisdom and knowledge. If you go in the corner, then they go, well, we threw that down and she didn't get it. Let's throw it down again and see if she gets it this time. So there's a method to the universal madness, if you
1: will. I couldn't agree more with you. Some of the strongest people have been through the most trying times. A lot of people have fear and they run away from these things. And it's the people that stand up and face it and move forward with this strength, resilience, grace, and dignity that really are these wonderful light workers. These people that are almost chosen to experience Mm -hmm. this, to help humanity. Now I have a question in regards to when you realized you had these psychic intuitive abilities Did it come as a small child and then you kind of pushed them back until these events happened? Or is it something you embraced throughout your whole life?
0: Well, my first psychic experience was when I was five. I was with my mom on a plane. We were headed to Miami. She starts to get up, takes her seatbelt off. And I said, Mom, you know, and I was five. So it was a little different language. But Mom, sit down. You can't get up right now. You know, fasten your seat belts and then the captain comes on about the turbulence. A few minutes pass, she goes to get up again, bing, this happens like four times until she starts looking at me like I just landed from Mars. And then these things would happen during my childhood and my teens. And we would just sort of look at each other and shake our heads and move along nobody said oh gee my kid's psychic and then in college i went to the university of miami in florida for some reason when people had problems they would end up in my room in my dorm and ginseng was big then you know so (laughs) i'd make them a cup of ginseng tea sit them down and talk to them and it just you know i was dancing Then and I was teaching dance all through college, and after when I had my daughter and I had the dance companies. But I think the more I lived, and the more I got, you know, knocked down or hurt or medical challenges, it just evolved by learning how to deal with all these things. My intuition became so sharp that I cure myself. When when I have a problem, I psych myself. It's uh, definitely something that evolved. And I'm sure it will keep evolving. Uh, The nature of us as humans is to grow and transform every day, it could be minute. It could be a incy, teeny, tiny thing. But if you're headed in the right direction, that's progress. That's mindfulness and learning who you are.
1: When you were going through your clairvoyance, did you also have a link into mediumship? Did you have a spirit team that you worked with? No.
0: And and everybody that I know, and I do know the best people in all areas of this business, they're friends of mine. They're always talking about their guides and their angels and this and that. And I'm always going, guys, I don't have any guides, and <laughs> I don't, I don't have any angels. What you know? I just feel things and hear things in my head, and if I speak them out, they're correct. And they're like, well, you do have guides and angels. You just don't know it. But I, I really don't. It's me. I don't use cards. I don't use runes. I don't use a pendulum. I, I just get stuff in my head and I speak it and that's what happens. And usually the further in left field, my intuition in my head is, and I trust it and act upon it, the more correct it is. It's a process, learning to use your intuition. We all have it. They used to say, oh, hey, women's intuition. It's everybody's intuition, and it is a gift. It's like a life map. So real quick, I'll just tell you that there's three steps, the first step is quiet your head if we're not feeling comfortable and balanced our head is usually noisy there's just too much going on so the first step is to quiet your head so that you can hear your intuitive voice i mean do you hear your
1: intuitive voice i do and sometimes it i'm not sure if it's resonating from my stomach or if it's coming from my thoughts I don't know if I feel as intuitive. I think I get little glimpses of it. Okay. Your stomach? Kind of like that gut feeling. Oh, I, oh okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's your gut. People will describe it that way and say, you know, I, I feel it in my gut. Yes. So you, you need to say to yourself, you know, everybody shut up in my head. I want to listen to that voice or what's in my gut. What are they saying? And then the second thing is to trust it. And that takes so many, it takes years of practice. It really does. Because something in your head, you'd think it's crazy and you go, oh, that's nuts. I'm wishing, I'm hoping, I'm dreaming. That can't even be real. And so we are on the road to not trusting that. And then the third thing is to act upon it which is also very difficult because sometimes we question our intuitive voice. But I tell people to start like this. When the phone rings, don't look at your caller ID and try to figure out who it is. You would be surprised how many times you'll get that right. Also, if you wake up in the morning and you want to wear blue pants, but your head's going, yeah, wear the tan pants wear the tan pants (laughs) if you're driving and you are supposed to turn right but your head is going no turn left turn left because you might be avoiding traffic or construction whatever it just takes a lot of practice to follow your intuition and when i see things psychically i call myself an intuitive psychic Because they are the things that cross through my head, my intuition. And those are the things I see. And I tell them to people and oh boy, they're right. They're like, how did you know that? Like, well, um, you called me.
1: (laughs) I just see stuff. Is it played out like a movie for you or like a snippet? And is there audio involved or is it just?
0: (laughs) There's always audio. Being a dancer, I wake up in the morning and have Alexa play music for me immediately. I'm like (laughs) jetting to the bathroom, bouncing and twirling. It comes sometimes in snippets. Sometimes I'll get uh, details of somebody that you might I say you're going to meet someone in April and this is what they look like. I do a lot of detail like with my brother who is 2 years younger than me and you know, always thought this is a lot of bunk and you know, my sister has just always been the crazy one. He was going to look at homes cuz he was retiring. And I said, well, I don't know what your day is like, but the third one you look at is going to be the one that you get. And on the way home, he says, I have to tell you something. We looked at four and we picked the third. And I went, oh, good. (laughs) And then I did it like three times after that concerning the way he was going to take his life and what they were going to do. Now he's a fan. So (laughs) (laughs) it's just funny. I, I don't know. Uh, I'll see things, people say, well, um, I'm going on four job interviews. Which one do you think? So I see numbers. I'll say, well, the second job interview is the one you're going to take. It just sort of flies through my head, information.
1: I've heard of cold readings, but what are hot readings?
0: Hot readings are picking up information before you even do the reading. So before I had mentioned that I love people to call me personally, to set up whatever service they want to do with me. And while I'm speaking to them, I ask them, you know, what is it they want to do? talk about or do they want to take a class or is it life counseling? What do you want to focus on? They tell me we chit chat for a little bit and I hang up the phone and I've got information when I start with them, when I start their appointment. So hot readings is like, I've got stuff before we even do our reading.
1: Oh, that's great. That's like being totally prepared. Yeah. Does that link into reading voices? Because I know when I had gone through your bio, it said that you read voices and you pick up on things extremely fast. So what is a voice reading and what can someone's voice tell you? Oh, a lot. Like, um,
0: suppose I called you up. We were buddies and I called you up and I was like, "Um, Rebecca, I don't know what to say. It's... It's been a tough day. Well, you would pick up information from that, right? Oh, yeah. I sound sad. I sound like I had a bad day. I sound blue. And then from their voices, whichever direction or meter sound it is in, I cull information about them by the way they're speaking, their voice. I think a big part of being a psychic is being able to read their voice as well as their thoughts, You know, they're, what they're thinking about, what they need to know. It's kind of a, a parcel. It's a conglomeration of things I do. I read their voice. I get info before we do our proper reading or class and I have intuition that makes me see things, so I have details as well. I just don't do gambling. <laughs> so many people will call and go, um, what lottery numbers, or what horse in the fifth race, or whatever, and I'm like, uh-uh, I don't do that. It's not ethical, and that's not what my gift, if you will, is for so I don't do that.
1: <laughs> that is the number one question. Even I received that question. Why don't you ever get lottery numbers from the yes. spirits you talk with? And it's like, believe me, if they gave me the lottery numbers, I'd go play it. But
0: Yes. <laughs> but... yes. <laughs> Very few times. I mean, like two, three times I've seen money coming. And uh, the best one was like, Uh, About a year and a half ago, I looked at my husband and I said, I don't know why, but I feel that money is coming. And he said, really? How much? And I said, like $10,000. Oh, good. And then a week later, I got a phone call that something that I was paying was paid off, which amounted to $10,000 a year. Wow. I know it was amazing. It was, I was like, wow. And of course, my brother said, well, do you see that happening for me? (laughs) I said, no, but if I do, I'll let you know.
1: Since COVID the 19th, I know a lot of intuitives and psychics have to do a lot more work via Skype and phone. It seems like you've kind of maybe preferred that method or have you? Did you no, like... I le-
0: yeah, I first of all, I've always worked over the phone because our thoughts travel fast, faster than the speed of light. There's where quantum physics comes in. You know, if something's happening here, it's happening somewhere else in another galaxy or universe. The quantum entanglement is that time is not linear. We don't go from nine to five. It's more like loose and wavy. Time is like that. So I feel like... Talking on the phone, people, first of all, they think I can't see them. You know, I don't see their face. I don't see their reactions. And that makes them feel safe. Also, it opens them up because they might say things to me that they wouldn't if I was looking right at them. That's so, very I, true, yeah. I, I like the phone. I do Zoom, which I like. I can do Skype, I can do FaceTime. The only time I do in person is if somebody lives near me and that hardly, I mean, maybe in the last eight years, that's happened like four times. Well, because I work, you know, nationally, but truly I prefer not having a sit down face to face. It's not as effective for me. And for my clients, I think it's better. There's sort of that mental iron curtain that they think is there, but it's
1: not. Do you know what I mean? I totally understand that. I get that. And that's my preference as well. I think the energies change when the person's in close proximity. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying it's better or worse, but I'm with you on preferring to have my distance and work in that way. Yeah. Yeah. I
0: like it better. I like it because I feel like I can get in to their mind space in a deeper way than if they're just sitting like, you know, across from the couch, across from me in my living room. So, yeah, and COVID ha- has changed everything everything the entertainment industry and how it works now and clothing and meetings and business so for readings for what i do or classes it really hasn't changed however people have a lot more to deal with so they're wanting to be reassured and have questions answered because There are so many open-ended things going on right now that we just don't know the answer.
1: Relationships and things during these times have probably been particularly stressed. And have you found an increase in couples coming to you and people coming to you in regards to improving their life or their marriages? Well, I
0: uh, actually, I wrote an article that got picked up by Thrive Global, and it was about what the pandemic was doing to relationships. And I feel that it has done two things. Either the couple really gets closer, really starts to understand each other and their relationship well, it thickens, they get into each other's head and their love grows or they can't stand to hear the other person breathe. They hate the way they chew. They need space. Being together and quarantined together has had a negative effect on their relationship, and there have been tons of breakups. So COVID sort of is an acid test for relationships in pre-COVID. okay, so there's a couple. Even if you're married, you have years together to learn about each other and how to understand each other and support each other and compromise. COVID takes those years and squeezes them into eight months to a year. And you have to solve things at lightning speed. And we're not built that way. We need time and space and to learn takes time. So if we don't have that length, that amount of time, because we're quarantined together, I think, you know, your perception changes. Everybody needs to understand that our perception creates our reality. So if we perceive, things from, let's just say, for example, from a base of fear, we're afraid that we can't stand this person anymore. And we were so in love and we were so happy what's going on, then our fear creeps into your head and kind of takes you prisoner. And then your perception is based from fear. And when you make decisions about your life based on fear, they're always wrong. It's always wrong. You can take that to the bank, I'm telling you. Fear is a liar. That's one of my favorite things to say. It creeps into your head. It kind of takes over. It changes your perception. Your reality changes. And Everything goes wrong. So with COVID, if you are afraid of things and questioning things, or I loved this person, I couldn't be with them enough, and now I can't stand to listen to them breathe. That is because your perception has changed. And then you get scared. Like, what? What happened? So COVID has created either a closeness and an understanding and a a tightly knit mindfulness of your romance, your marriage, your LGBTQ partner, whatever, or it blows you guys apart. It's difficult. It's very difficult. COVID has, has us dealing with fear, anger, it tests our resilience, and our resilience is not what it would be without COVID. It, it just colors our entire lives, if we let it.
1: It's like holding a big, giant magnifying glass above your life, and you can look at it as oh, I can see things clearer and I need to fix these things. Or like you said, it could magnify a fear that you have and you can live in that universe. And it seems like it's pretty split.
0: Yes, I agree. And what it has done to children really, really gets to me because kids need that socialization and they're fearful and Sometimes they're in school and sometimes, oops, somebody may have COVID. You're not in school tomorrow. And it's just uh, the mask thing. Uh, One of my granddaughters was, she's nine, crying. I'm tired of this. I want to see my friends. I'm tired of wearing a mask. I don't like learning on the computer. And hey, who can blame them? And then there's the parents who a lot of them are working from home and the kids are attached to them like glue for several reasons, fear, and the biggest one being, who else are they going to attach themselves to if they're home with their parents? So it's, it's difficult for children. And I, I think that being honest with them is good but honest to a point. They do not need to know every little thing because their minds are still growing and they do not have the process down yet to handle everything. I mean, kids today, so smart, it's crazy because of social media, but still they're children. And so I think they need to be handled, pardon the pun, with kid gloves about this.
1: It's so so true. I'm seeing this with my own friends that have children, and they're telling me how awful heart-wrenching it is to watch their child cry and be depressed because they have no interaction, like you said. Mm -hmm. Um, I also see it almost bringing out a kind of more mental illness. Seems like people that already struggle on the brink with like a bipolar disorder or anything like that, Mm -hmm. being home, having to be with their child and teach their child and work from home puts people right on edge. It's it's a tough time.
0: It (laughs) It is. The suicide rate is soaring. People that have mental illness, which the stigma of that is ridiculous, just because we can't see it like a broken arm doesn't mean that it's not important and shouldn't be brought to the forefront where we can help people with it. If you've got this, you know, maybe lingering in you somewhere, all the pressures of COVID Everything, family, your marriage, your relationship, your job. uh, Do you have money? Where's your next meal coming from? What's going on? We'll bring that to the forefront. You know, you're right. If you were maybe a little bit bipolar, then it jumps to the top. Things that are hanging out in your mind jump to the forefront because stress and anxiety do that. They just do that. They like stir things up. And all of a sudden you're like, Whoa, I'm not thinking clearly or I'm reacting instead of acting. I'm more irritable. People are more irritable, combative, and more sad and no answers. So I feel the kind of work that we do has become more valued and more important. Because not everybody is running to a therapist, you know, every week for $200 an hour. That's crazy. Yeah, you you can't. When I uh, work with people, my prices, other people, other psychics are like, Oh, wow, that's like nothing. But I feel like You have to make this available to people in a way that they can truly afford to do it. I mean, charging a lot of money for this, I don't think is a good idea. At least I don't.
1: I'm totally with you on that. I think that's something that comes up over and over again. The people that I have had on this program, wonderful people. I, they're kind of, you know, I always root for the underdogs. I call them the underdogs because they're like working behind the scenes without this fame, you know, they're not on television and they're not on the, you know, some of them are, <laughs> but yeah, they're, they're, they're doing it because they're trying to help heal humanity. And yeah. I think that's where you're supposed to be coming from in that place when you have those abilities. And so I commend people like yourself you do seminars. Mm -hmm. um, And you counsel. Can you talk a little bit about what you offer for the people that are going through all these different things during this time, especially?
0: Well, I do three
1: seminars.
0: And they're like an hour long. And there is some interactive work. They're all interactive. I do not like flat teaching. It's boring. And you never know if the people taking your seminar learned anything or understood. So the first one is called, uh, I told you so, signed your intuition, because your intuition is always right. And it's the three steps, hearing it, trusting it, acting on it. And then I teach one on mindfulness, knowing who you are, trusting yourself, being generous of spirit, And that is first to yourself learning to love yourself. It starts with you. It's your choice. You can make the decision, you know, what do I do? What do I do? Well, what do you want to do? What is your mind telling yourself to do? And that's that one. And then about the science of romance and marriage, and that's any kind of relationship, you know, lgbtq and hetero and whatever uh i don't care if you want to marry a tree stump; you should be able to but um there is tons of statistics about choosing the same person over and over and that we do model ourselves on the same sex parent And that's always interesting. When I talk to someone in a reading kind of way about their relationship, easily I know who was the parent that they are going after in their relationships and why it probably isn't a great idea. So we talk about that kind of stuff in the marriage and romance statistics say that going the distance and not just going, Oh, well, we just can't get this together and it's horrible. And let's get a divorce, you know, 51% of all marriages and in divorce. And I think fighting for it and working through things is worth it. Even if it seems absolutely Awful and unattainable, and we can't fix it. You can. I've been there, I've done it, and it's worth it. So, we talk about how to understand the things that are needed in a good relationship and in a marriage obviously, trust and being good friends and compromise, those kinds of things. Communication is key communication is the biggest thing you can love each other but you cannot live on love you just can't or if we had a lot of money everything would be great that's not true either it's about how you communicate and figure things out together and so at night you could hate each other and we're it's never going to work and in the morning you wake up refreshed and you're like wait Hey, let's talk about this. So first, remind yourself that you're human. We all are human, and we all have faults and problems and fears. And that's okay. That's how we learn. Back to how we started, right? It's (laughs) difficult.
1: It is. And we grow through these, we grow together and we change together as couples or partners. And that's a normal thing too. So we are going to evolve and change. I'm with you on that. Uh, Just not necessarily sticking it out for the sake of sticking it out, but I do believe a lot of these things can be resolved through communication and working. And like you said, you have to put the work in. So your seminars are interactive. And I think people want an easy way out. They just want the magic pill. (laughs)
0: Yeah. I did when I was younger. You know, I thought, oh, hey, boom. If I just do this, everything will be fine. Or there's this. Oh, this about he or she really bothers me. But when we get married, they'll change. I can change them. That is so wrong. It's ego oriented and it, you cannot change another person by marrying them. Those are problem marriages or relationships. I've had quite a few relationships where the very things that attracted someone to me were the very things they tried to change once we were really together. So, I learned a lot about relationships the hard way, as I have learned about everything the hard way, and uh, (laughs) that makes me, I just heard my father like in my head going, why do you always have to learn everything the hard way? And now I know why, because that's the best way to learn. If you get through it, you learn. And then, like I said in the beginning, the universe says, Whoa, she got it. We're going to throw down some more knowledge and wisdom. And that's what happens. Pain equals gain, unfortunately
1: very true. I try to tell my nieces and nephews all the time, I'll say, learn from your aunt, will you? But grandma steps in and says, they have to go through it themselves to learn. And it's like, man.
0: (laughs) It's true. I have three granddaughters. They call me Gigi. That was my son-in-law's idea. And I love it. And I'm the crazy Gigi. I'm fun. We play games. We dress up. We do makeup. But They are the greatest little people. They are so aware and so smart and hungering to learn about things. And uh, I have always had a thing for children, always. You know, I had the children's dance companies and I raised my daughter alone and she and I are super, super close. She's not feeling well, and I have a friend who does higher vibrational healing. She's a Reiki firing master, and I texted my daughter, and I said, how about if I, you know, get Katie to do a half hour with you? And I thought she'd go, oh, Mom, come on, you know, because (laughs) she's a lot more conservative than me, which everybody's like, she's your daughter and she thinks like that. (laughs) But she texted back, sure. So they started at 530. And I know my daughter is going to feel better and love it. So, you know, you have to kind of open people's eyes slowly, if you want them to accept different methods of healing, understanding, learning. It's kind of where I come from, if you will,
1: I couldn't agree more. <laughs> I couldn't agree more.
0: <laughs> you sound great. We would be great <laughs> friends. I know it.
1: <laughs> well, I'm sitting here going everything she's saying. i've I've had this discussion within the past week about almost every topic and every subject you've spoken about. <laughs> <So> <laughs> it's kind of blowing my mind. God, <laughs> well, I like doing that. <laughs> it, it's because you're
0: wise you are feeling and understanding all these things I'm saying. We're kind of on the same vibrational level. And it's nice. It's easy to talk to you. It really is.
1: is, It's part of that intuition that you have as well. It's I was, I'm sitting there going, man, she really is intuitive. She's just picking it (laughs) all up.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We all have our crosses to bear. (laughs)
1: Now you offer intuitive readings or psychic readings as well on top of the seminars. Oh
0: yeah, it's separate. I I do psychic readings, uh, clarity readings, if you will, psychic intuitive clarity readings. I do the three seminars. And then if you don't want to know what's going to happen, but your life now is full of questions and you don't know which way to turn or what to do or how to handle things then that's a spiritual life counseling session and those are an hour long and if you really need to talk you usually need to do more than one but i leave that up to my client i do not try to sell people time that's unethical again it's like judgment or uh, charging $500 for an hour of your time, which I find absolutely insane. Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, I let my client let me know what they want. And then I say, well, I can do this, this and this. What do you think? And that's what we do. Also, when I do a reading, a psychic reading, I ask them to write down about three questions. And I use those as jumping off points so that we don't go like a cold reading running through the jungle from here to there and nothing gets done and it's a waste of time and money but if they write down three things they'd like me to look into then when i call them i'll say okay where do you want to start and they look at their questions and they go oh well I'd like to start here. What do you think about this? And then the reading just rolls really nicely. And at the end, I always say, did we get to everything that you wanted to talk about? And that some will say, yeah, we did. It was great. And some will say, yeah, but can I just ask you one more thing? And I'm always saying yes. I'm not the kind of psychic that goes up. That was 60 minutes. I'll talk to you later. I just don't do that. It's, to me, wrong on every level. It's back to what you and I were talking about, about making things available and really being a light worker and wanting to help people heal. Because I really feel like in school, elementary school, middle school, high school, there should have been classes on how to live your life.
1: I totally agree. And I think listeners, I think you should take note of this because what she's saying is so very true, especially for those that have an experience sitting down with somebody with abilities, a psychic and an intuitive, uh, a medium. If that person shuts you down or says, you know, for a thousand more, (laughs) I can, I can uh, give you a little more. The best readings come from people like yourself that are well-rounded, well-versed. They have psychology degrees behind them. They know how to speak to people. They're down to earth. And then they ask you that all-time question. Is there anything else you would like to know before we close the session? That is so important.
0: Yeah. You want to, you're providing a learning experience and a service. You don't just go, Hey, okay, that's it. You know, if you want to talk to me again, call me again, say yeah, bye. Uh, uh-uh. I do not do that. Never have. And I always end up talking a little longer than I planned, but that's okay. It's <laughs> cyclical. like where we start is kind of where we end up, but with answers. So it's great. I love my work. If you're passionate about what you do, you'll be successful. You'll be happy.
1: And why don't you have a podcast, Holly?
0: (laughs) Well, we're working on that. (laughs) There's a lot going on. I'm very busy doing things. So
1: we'll get to that. I can imagine. I just I just had to say it because you're so great at talking and you're just so relatable and I, I just love that about you. Um, you. is there anything else you'd like to say or any wisdom you'd like to impart on our listeners? I do have one thing I want to say,
0: and it may sound like left field, but I have gotten a lot of people over the years that'll call me and say, I spoke to a psychic and they said that there was a curse on me. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. There is no curse on you. Nobody put a curse on you. These people are unethical and they're saying it so you buy more time with them. Absolutely. If somebody says that to you, it is a gigantic red flag. And that's where you're going to say thank you, but no thank you. And cancel the charge on your credit card. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I guess that came into my mind because when it happens, I think eh, people wonder why people go psychic. Oh, right. For the ones that do stuff like that, curse, that's ridiculous.
1: Yeah. And it's they just ridiculous. really bring down the community, these people.
0: It's a psychic red
1: flag. Do you have a Facebook or an Instagram or any other social media that people can reach out? and Yeah, contact?
0: Um, I'm on Instagram under intuitive solutions, HK. And I'm on Facebook under Holly Kimmel, K-I-M-M-E-L Brooks. I have uh, my regular page, my profile page, and then an intuitive solutions business page. I have 5,000 friends, so that's max, but if you want to, you can become a follower. And I post on those things every day and also on LinkedIn as Intuitive Solutions HK. lot of good information on linkedin like seminars that are free or things you can get involved in if you feel like you know COVID, i'm in my house i'm going nuts what should i do go on linkedin and look up people that are readers or counselors or whatever card throws or whatever there's a lot of uh, things that you can hook into that don't cost any money so there's that and then of course my site if i may it's uh, www.intuitivesolutionshk.com and the number 717-618-8217 you can find me i'm kind of all over social media
1: You are an absolute pleasure to talk to. I love your light in these dark times. And I just, I had a great time talking with you. And I hope our listeners enjoyed it as much as I did.
0: Thank you. If you could see me, I have a huge smile on my face. You're
1: wonderful. Thank you so much, Holly. And you have a great day.
0: You too. Thank you so much, Rebecca.
1: To the Spirit. Podcast. Supernatural i am i am ghost i
0: ghost i
1: ghost i ghost i am